You're listening to The Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Ronanddon.com. All right, it's the uh, Ron and Don Radio Show. Drops every Monday. Thanks for stopping by and being a part of something bigger than yourself. We really appreciate you. And thanks for all the people out there that brought a Ron and Don Nation t-shirt. We have raised hundreds heading towards thousands for cops who are going to help kids. It's called Charlie's Dinosaur. Actually, I did the math today. We are over 1,000. We shot right by it. That's going to buy a lot of backpacks for Charlie's Dinosaur. That's awesome. Still, a lot of people are trying to figure out, and it's usually people in an older demographic that listen to the Ron and Don show. And Ron, I know you just went to visit your parents. Yeah. They're trying to figure out, how do I subscribe? How do I listen? And what do I do when I'm listening to the show and all of a sudden it resets or it goes away? You have to hit subscribe and there's all different types of cool ways to listen to the show well you really need to download an app and so hopefully by now i think that the penetration into the marketplace of smartphones is pretty much a hundred percent or darn near close i'm I'm sure someone's gonna email i still got a flip phone right i get it if you still got a flip phone but most people have a smartphone you got to download an app if you don't know how to do it get your grandson uh your four-year-old they know how to download an app it's just any podcast app any of the big name brands so it can be apple is our biggest one by far, but Anchor is the one that hosts, and then you can also uh, support us if you want to through Anchor. But you literally go to the App Store, you put Podcast Player, pick Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Google, Anchor, uh, and there's a, a bunch of them that you can get. And then you search Ron and Don Radio and hit subscribe. It will automatically hit your app every every week. And then when you uh, get out of the car or you're walking the dog, or you're doing the dishes and you hit pause. And next time you open the app up and hit play, it will pick up right where you left off as opposed to just uh, clicking on a link because we, we can't share apps. We don't know what app you have. So no. we share a link. The link goes to a browser. Browser stops and starts. And shout out to Aaron that laughs every time i have to explain this and she emails me through instagram saying i i almost spit out my gum running when you're explaining how a podcast works uh, to people but uh, we need to do it every week. all right there you go you can also uh sometimes find us on uh, youtube so if you want to uh, do that too that's so, every week on youtube yeah. Yeah. anyway uh you just is happy summer to everyone yeah my son right now is visiting family in western michigan and you and i lived in western michigan in grand rapids for a while we did radio there on a station called uh klq which is uh no longer. We spent about nine months there. It wasn't the summer months, though. It was the winter months. And the winter there is about nine months long. I got stuck in my driveway. The, the yeah. one thing I remember about Michigan is I bought the house that I bought there <laughs> yeah. was this really cute craftsman. You probably remember it. It was, yeah. And, and if that house was in your neighborhood on Queen Anne, it would be about $1.6, $1.75 million. It would be, yeah. And the house in Michigan I bought for one hundred and ten grand. <laughs> Hardwood floors, yeah. fireplace, like porch, like it, just yeah. think of the, the the craftsmen that you know and love here. Yeah, hundred and ten thousand. Yeah. It had been recently remodeled. Yeah, it was a beautiful. But I was like, God, can, is there any way to transport this house that I bought in Michigan and stick it on Queen Anne? Yeah. Anyway, he's back there visiting his grandparents, seeing some family members, hanging out with young cousins. He's nine now. And I said, you know what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to call you every day like I usually do when you're out of town because I want you to connect with your family. I want you to connect with your cousins and have just have some fun playing on the shores of Western Michigan. Did you FaceTime with him? Well, this is what I did. One thing that I did, I said, you know, if you ever need me, if you ever need to call me, and this has happened a couple times where he's needed me, and it's been serious. He's needed, he's needed to reach out. He wears hats all the time. He and I wear matching hats. And so we went out. We bought some uh, matching hats. And he he likes to wear 
the matching hats. So this is not my – like football, I tried to make him become a football player, and that blew up in my face. The matching hats is something that uh, he has requested. So this hat that you see over here, this Hood River hat that I'm wearing, he has the same hat on in Michigan. And what I do is I write down my information inside the hat and the phone number so that he can get in touch with me. He's been there for a number of weeks now, and I have called him a couple times in the evening, and it's like, uh, hello, is G-Force there? And it's like, yeah. Well, uh, what's going on? You having a good time? Yeah. Uh, 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 you having a great time with your cousins? Yeah. Uh, are you are you are you fighting like fist fighting with them sometimes? Because sometimes you do that when you're nine years old and you spent way too much time with your cousins. And he's like, well, and then uh, he wouldn't tell me. And then we have these conversations where I feel like I'm interviewing. This him. is the one word answer guy. We say we love each other and then we hang up the phone. And then I was just reading a, uh, a journal of mine the other day. And I forgot when he goes on vacation, call him in the morning, not in the evening. Cause by the time it's, e- he's been swimming, he's wiped up. So I've been calling him in the morning. We've had much better conversation. Oh, I, call- I called him this morning. It was eight o'clock. What's the report? And uh, it's three hours later there. And so this is what I found out today. This is in, in my conversations with G-Force O'Neill. Number one, are you ready? Yeah. Uh, I said, hey, have you been trying? Because he eats three foods, and it's bacon, and it's bacon, and it's bacon. That's about the only food that he eats, morning, noon, and night. And I So sometimes, though, his cousins will eat other foods, and then it will get him to try other foods. I said, have you been trying any other foods since you've been in Western Michigan? He goes, Daddy. He said, you wouldn't believe. And he still calls, in front of everyone else, him Dad. But he still calls me Daddy when we talk, which I love. And he said, you're not going to believe this. He said, Go-Gurt mm. is the same as yogurt. <laughs> it's the same. It's, it's the same. It's the same thing. Being an adventurous eater yeah. is Go-Gurt. He's like, is it, Go-Gurt no, is he, the same thing as yogurt. He eats Go-Gurt, and to get him to eat the Go-Gurt, I have to freeze it, Ron. So I oh. freeze the Go-Gurt. Isn't Go-Gurt yogurt? It's what yogurt. It's the same thing. But, but okay, so I, he just figured that out. I There's try- no hidden reveal. There's no a twist at the end of the story. Right, no. I was like, wait a minute, is it, I, that, he's right. Gogurt is yogurt. Okay, so it's not. Uh, but I tried to get him to eat yogurt in the morning instead of bacon, he and he won't. won't. Do it. And then I I, I've explained to him before that hey, gogurt yogurt, it's kind of the same thing, and he wasn't having it. And so it was like, okay, hey, daddy, gogurt is, is yogurt. Gogurt is, is, is yogurt. Here's the other thing that he taught me this morning that I really appreciated. Because we ended up having a conversation about fear. And I told him, I said, you know what I'm doing today? I bought a house with a couple friends of mine. And we're going to get under this house, and we're going to start digging holes, and we're going to pour concrete, and we have to fix the foundation. We we bought a house up in the U District, and we're going to fix it up, and hopefully some University of Washington grad students or somebody will stay in this house. So it's just a little investment property. And I have this fear of getting under this house because the basement in the house and I just I was telling you before we jumped on here on it's literally you crawl under and the crawl space is about what's going on Charlie Charlie what is Charlie the dog is freaking out (laughs) what's it do should I put him in the garage there's just a bunch of cables around here (laughs) Charlie Charlie, don't you on the cable Charlie Charlie come over here come on don't don't you on the cable your dog is super cute come over here but I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> oh man! Go, oh, okay. Over here. Come on. Come on, man. He likes you, Mister Ron. He does like me. Too bad all the cables are by me. Okay. Charlie, can you lay down? Lay down, buddy. Sit. Sit. There down. You go. There you go. Good boy. Good there boy. You go. 
He knows you're a dog person. Right. All dogs know I'm a dog he person. He knows that. Yeah. And you are a dog person. So anyway, we were talking about fear, and I, I and you have cl- you are claustrophobic. I am. Like and, when we were doing totally, a, getting yeah. you on an airplane yeah. for any flight length Same. is is hard. Yeah. So you, this how how big is the crawl space? The crawl is it's about three feet, and we had to get down there, and and because something happened during the Squally earthquake, and something happened these these uh, footings in the basement, and so we have to to reset the house. So we're going down there, literally with uh, shovels, headlamp. and we're digging a uh, whole thing, yeah. And we are uh, pouring concrete, doing all this stuff. And so nonetheless, I share this with him. I'm like, hey, I am driving right now, to di- and I'm going to go for, and I thought I was going to do it for five or six hours today. We ended up under the house for nine hours. And I said, you know, G4, I said, I'm really, I'm really scared about it. And I, and, and I said, I have fear about it. And I said, do you have fear about anything? And he said, you know, Daddy, I do. He said, I have a fear of jumping off diving boards. Ooh, that's yeah. a tough one. The yeah. big, the 10 meter? Yeah. And, and the high I, dive? I said, you do. And, I, and I'm like, well, tell because we would never have the discussion in the evening, but now we're talking in, in the morning. He has more energy. So I'm like, tell, tell me about your fear about uh, uh, jumping off diving boards. And he just, he is fearful because he jumped off one time and he like belly flopped. Oh, the worst. Yeah. And he said it was so, so painful. And then he says every once in a while, he's afraid that a shark is going to come up out of the water. Oh, because he's in a lake. This is Lake Michigan. Ah, yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't okay. quite have figured out. But if you've there's ever been on Lake, lake, lake Michigan. Michigan, there are fish much bigger than sharks. Oh, there's a cat. There's catfish yeah. down there that are well, several hundred pounds. Yeah, there are carps there that will eat you. Oh, my and, God. Yeah. And, They're and, huge. And, 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 I mean, it's not going to come to the shore where a diving board is, but you never yeah. know. You so never know. It's, when they say it's a great lake, it's a great lake. It's, it's, it's basically good. And I'm like, I totally get that. And I understand that. Even though he was using a diving board at a local pool. But you never know. You never know. Maybe there there could be a shark in a pool. So uh, anyway, I said, well, what do you do about that? And he said, you know what I do is when I'm facing my fear, I think about if I can just get through it, Daddy, on the other side of it, I'm going to have a lot of fun. And he said, every time I jump off a diving board and I have a lot of fear, he said, when I get down in the water, I'm like, you know what? He's like, wow. Now I'm having... I'm having a lot of fun. So I crawl under this house today. I don't, and, I don't know if you're going to. And I'm digging, <laughs> I, and, and I'm digging, digging, digging for the first hour. And just my skin is crawling down there because I'm just in this enclosed space. And, and, I'm, and, I, and I'm telling myself, I'm like, you know what? The f- at some point, this is going to be a ball. This is just being under this house, all these cobwebs on an 85 uh, degree day. This and, and looking around and seeing a crack foundation. There's, there's water on the other end of this the diving board. This is going to be a lot of fun. And here now I'm getting toward hour two, hour three, hour four. And I begin to dig this hole. And I'll send you a picture. Because finally I dug the hole. I was up to my neck uh, down in this hole. And finally we got to hour nine. And, 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 and you know what I found out? Sometimes, sometimes it's not until you crawl out of the hole. And then you do something you've never done, probably in the last 20 years. You stop by Dairy Queen Ooh, wow. on the way home, and you have a DQ blizzard that they still serve upside down. Mr. O'Neill, here is your Heath Bar blizzard. But that was good. Spoon in upside down. It was unbelievable. And I tell you what, it was a lot of fun. It took nine hours to get there, but finally, uh, we had some fun. So anyone, anyway, remember... 
face your fears. At some point, it's going to be a lot of fun. And Gogurt. It's yogurt! It's the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. You should buy a shirt. It's the Ron and Don Nation t-shirt. $5 goes toward helping kids. It's cops helping kids. Find out more at ronanddon.com. Don't forget the Ron and Don show. Go to ronanddon.com. You'll see the radio show. And then also we're licensed brokers, licensed real estate brokers. If you need help with the biggest transaction of your life, buying or selling, Ron Upshaw at windermere.com. Don O'Neill at windermere.com. And if you just want to talk real estate with us, we'd love to talk to you. I talk a lot about investment properties, first-time buyers. Ron, what do you like chatting with folks about? I, it seems like I've been, or people have been gravitating to me that are like going through major life transitions. Yeah, tell me about that a little bit. Uh, it's interesting. Um, like a lot of I've talked about on this uh, show that uh, I, of course, am divorced. Hold on, Charlie's pulling on the table. Charlie, come here. <laughs> Sorry, he's not fixed yet, and he's 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 humping everything, including your equipment. So, right. Sorry. But no. That didn't sound right. <laughs> the radio equipment. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh. Do something everything. Can I ask you, and then I want to come back. Can I ask sure. you? Let me ask you a quick question. We were out on the boulevard the other day, and I'm supposed to walk him every night for him to socialize with other dogs. Right. He's turning eight months. You're supposed to wait a year now in order to have dogs fixed. And the reason is it has to do with their joints. And it also has to do with just their maturity. Right. And I don't know if we can wait. I, I don't know if we can wait. There are, are people that are just more dog people than I am. And they're like, they're dog, they're like in, they like, they, their dog does things and they don't, it, it doesn't bother them. And what their dog is doing with my dog really bothers me. And so I'm sitting there the too, other too day. Too affectionate? I'm sitting there the other day and I'm sitting outside a coffee shop. And what I try to do, and, and I just read this in a book, is in order for him to socialize, when people walk by with their dogs, typically they'll ask, is it okay to say hello? Or other people that are dog people will say, is it okay to say, say hello? And I keep my a foot on a, on a leash so he doesn't jump up on, on people and he appears to be well-behaved. Anyway, this, this, this gal comes by. And she works at a local spa, and she's handing out cards, and she wants to know if I'd like to come by the spa. And she has a dog, and her dog is a young young uh, uh, male, too. And anyway, these dogs start they're, 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 they start doing something that you it was really uh, uncomfortable for me to watch these two male dogs doing. And I... I know we're on a podcast and I could say it, but I just, I, I, it, it, and it's not humping. It was something completely. I, I have an idea what's going something on. Something, and it was going, it was happening and happening. So I'm like, <laughs> Charlie, and then she's not scolding her dog, and I didn't feel like I could scold her dog. And I just feel at some point she's going to, she is going to move along, and she is not moving along. And she is striking up and now wanting to have a conversation with me and almost like Where, doing you're an You're not interview. pulling your dog off? What's that? You're not just pulling the dog off? Well, Charlie is now not doing that, but now her dog is all over my dog and putting on a hell of a show. Yeah, you I need mean, to. Just, and, 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 and I'm like, 
I need her to go away now because it is causing a scene. It is making me uncomfortable. And she had she had no problem with what her dog was doing to my dog, and my dog was now trying to do in return. So what do you what do you yeah ask them to control their dog? You do yes, you do yes. This is not open season. It was no. You gotta like either if you pull your dog off for dogs. Right, it was crazy. If you pull your dog off and they're not doing your right, just say, "Ma'am, can you get your dog back?" Like I'm trying to train my dog or my dog. Okay, yes, absolutely. I'm trying to train my dog. Yes, I'm. I'm, My dog's in a training regimen. I didn't know what to say. And just like, can you pull your dog off? okay so like we're learning we're in dog school right now and this is not part of the training so like can you please you know back off from my dog because that that is odd yeah i under i know exactly what you're talking about you know what i'm talking yeah i was i didn't want to dog is unfixed i I get it i didn't want to offend her say we're in we're in training okay can you like uh, training to be a service dog we can't we can't do this okay you're 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 messing up the training yeah and so like i didn't even know my dog would engage in that well, there's kids. Yeah, it's fine. Dogs don't care. It wasn't that it's, fine it, for me. No, like, I know I, it's not fine for you. It, it doesn't mean the same thing that you think it means. Why, 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 I wonder why she was so comfortable with it. She's she was just oblivious. Okay. I, mean, I don't, I don't know. Because mo- most weird. most people know to kind of move on or thanks for the saying dog hello. Dog thing is so weird. And they wait about thirty to sixty seconds. And dog park people, man, are different. I I went to we went to a dog park twice. I am not a dog park person, and we're not going to go into it right now. Why? But dog park people are. Get used to that, man. That's, That's a, this is I, the, no, because I'm not a dog. We we we. You're we not going are, to dog park anymore. Never, never. We That's are fine. Out, we are out. You're a dog trail person. We are we are dog trail. We are not dog park. So anyway, tell tell me a little <laughs> bit about because because you just handed me a check, and I just made this month three hundred and forty seven dollars on our podcast. Right. So. Uh, thank you for writing me this check. Sure. This is amazing. I'm very appreciative. And this money typically goes toward charity, which is, uh, uh, my, just, it, it, it's my son's camp lessons, uh, this year. Uh, and maybe we'll get some go-gurt and yogurt, but thank you for that. Uh, you, you and I have gone on this journey cause we're like, okay, we don't have radio jobs anymore. We don't, we, we, we love to podcast, but this doesn't pay the bills. Well, pays the bills now is real estate. And as I was saying, what I'm finding is I have a lot of first time home buyers that are coming to me. And then also I have a lot, a lot of investment properties myself. So I have people that are coming to me that are investors. I have a lot of first responders. I talk with uh, cops and firefighters this week. One of the reasons being a lot of first responders, when you fall between making 140 and $190,000 a year, if you look at what you pay in taxes and you don't have any tax shelters, and you don't have any other forms of income, and maybe even passive forms of income, and that's what real estate does, uh, you are in a lot of trouble. And a lot of times you'll end up at the end of the year looking at your paycheck and you're like, wow, I paid around 42% in taxes. I gave all my money back to the United States government. So Anyway, if you're a first responder out there, a first-time home buyer, or you're thinking about investment property, I would love to talk to you. I also love walking into old homes because old homes tell stories, and a lot of times, as the home talks to you, you can figure out how to work with that home, what you'll do with that home, the strategy of that home. If you're going to buy that home, flip that home, short-time, short, uh, short-term rental, long-term rental, Airbnb that home. 
I do and have done all those things, and I'd love to help you. So reach out to me, Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. Ron Upshaw, though, you're, 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 it, it seems like you're becoming a counselor out there, right? Well, it's funny because I um, uh, obviously have gone through some big life changes. And in addition to the job thing, I've been divorced. And someone just told me the other day, if, if you just start typing my name into a search engine, like the first thing that comes up is Ron Upshaw divorce. It's like there's no big story. It's just a marriage didn't fail. But I, people are coming into my life that are going through uh big life transitions in, yeah. including divorce including uh you know kids going off to college like include like these major points where some of it is just the nuts and bolts of like okay here's a house what am i doing with the house where am i going to live like it's just the physical i need a place to live yeah. uh, but the bigger part and the thing that i'm actually really enjoying uh is helping people in the mental part of it like there's a lot of fears that come up totally. there's a lot of trust issues that come up totally. there's a lot of things where uh what i'm finding uh, people just going okay what what direction do i want to go like where do i want to live what am i going to do and so it, it opens up this pandora's box and i think most people if you're just um you know, if you're just tra- chasing a transaction, there are there are people that we know in real estate that they're just churning through transactions, and, and they, they do it. very they're yeah. very good at they're it. At it. Yeah. I was just I was in a house today at an open house uh, for a guy that's like that, and he's a machine, and yeah. in, in like awesome. Like I want to be more like him in terms of doing transactions because he's got it dialed in. Everything looks great. It's completely professional, but it's like boom, 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 boom. It's transactions, and so to take these folks that I'm. Uh, meeting with and building these relationships and taking some of the stuff that I learned the hard way uh, and some of the tribulations that I've gone through that just either crush you or make you a better person and being able to share some of that stuff. I went to to brunch today uh, with someone going through some of these circumstances and just say, here, this has nothing to do with real estate, but do this, do this, go through this thing. I'm going to send it to you. And it's just about your life. That's awesome. And when you, you know, when you start to clarify and these things come into focus, That's cool. then your house is going to make sense. Yeah. Like you're not ready to buy a house right now. Hmm. Like you're, you're not ready to start looking. Um, you know, you need to, to, in my opinion, I was like, consider just doing these things. And then that's going to focus itself. Like that's going to snap into a position where when you are ready, I want to be here, but I could have, I don't know. It, it's, it feels good to take, take some of these experiences and articulate them one-to-one. Cause for so long we've been doing the, you know, radio where it's really just you and I talking in a room. And people can email you or reach out to you on Facebook or whatever, and that feels good and it's gratifying, but you don't really meet them. You don't really get that same energy that you get with someone that where you've helped them in a real context move from here to there, yeah. like spiritually and emotionally and and then physically. Because if people are changing their housing, it, there's usually some big life event that's it's happened. Huge, and that's, yeah. what you, that's what you're finding and out. So, right? like, and so I can see why people are gravi- that, gravitating towards you in the things that you described because you're really good at those things. And I guess I'm, people are gravitating towards me because I have a skill set in that area. So, um, and, yeah. and I don't, I, I'm listener. getting, it's like, yeah. you should be my life coach. It's like, I don't want to be a life coach. <laughs> I've chosen to be a realtor. <laughs> I want to do real estate, yeah. but along the way, you know, I have some maybe life coachy type of things that, that connect with people. So, uh, you know, yeah, like email me, Ron at windermere.com. 
And and I, I the other thing that I'd like is um, getting into sort of the nuts and bolts of the... If you listen to the show for a long time, you know that I like studies and I like big picture things and like seeing how all the parts fit together. But I enjoyed some of the, you know, digging into like, hey, what is your house worth in that neighborhood, in this market? And how is it... What's the velocity of your neighborhood? And how's it moving? And yeah. like these things for people... I think I can explain it in a way that folks go, okay, yeah, I have a better picture of what is going on and like what my options are and what what choices I have. And even if you don't do something today, you put that in the filing bank, and it's like, all right, like I feel, they feel more confident after we've met, which which is a good feeling. Yeah, someone reached out to me and I said, you know, I'm not going to list your house because you're asking too much, and then we're going to ride the market down. It's going to punish your house, and then I'll get paid at some point. And I said, find another realtor to do that for you or let's reset your uh, your expectations and then I had someone this morning remind me of what you just said and they wanted to buy a house and I said you know this house has knob and tube and I said do you know what knob and tube is and they said no and I said the knob and tube has never been fixed in this house and then I took them to one of my houses uh, another investment property I have and I showed them where the fire happened because the knob and tube had not been fixed and I said, you know what? When you figure out what knob tube is and what it's not and whether it's in the house you're buying and you're going to fix it, I said, when you figure out those things, and let's buy a house. It's the Ron and Don Show. We'd love to be a part of your life's biggest transaction and just talk real estate with you. You can reach out to Ron Upshaw at Windermere.com, Don O'Neill at Windermere.com, everything at RonandDon.com. We come back. 76 is the number. And I'm not talking about the gas station. I'm talking about the opioid crisis. And the news that came out this week is shocking. It is death-defying. Now we know why there are hundreds, and I mean hundreds of young men in places like Ohio that are dead and laid out in morgues tonight. And they have run on places to put those bodies. Why is that? Has a lot to do with places like Kaiser and Walgreens. We'll talk about it next. It's the Ron and Don Show. Ronanddon.com. Ron and Don. 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 Ron and All right, uh, it's the Ron and Don Show, ronanddon.com. Thanks for buying those Ron and Don Nation t-shirts. Show us wherever you are in the world in your Ron and Don Nation t-shirt. Take a picture. We'll put it in our newsletter. How do you sign up for uh, the newsletter? Yeah, just go to ronanddon.com. Click on that microphone. It's uh, right there. I'm I'm doing some research on some new merch. I got a couple ideas I'm going to throw your way when we're done. I don't know if I should throw them out now. Yeah, what are they? Okay, so here's what maybe people, I'll do a poll maybe uh, in the newsletter of what what you want. Ron and Don bikinis for men. Yes, yeah. Here are my two ideas. A, yeah. the uh, the double walled metal water bottle. Seems like a lot of people. A lot of people 
like those water Seems bottles. Like they, I don't. I don't use one, but uh, in my Airbnbs, people leave them behind all the time. Yes, yeah, so they're not the, cheap. They're not they, cheap. So they the, are expensive. They're nice. So the and double wall. It'll have a laser logo on the outside. It's a good idea because people use so much plastic, and I didn't realize how much plastic we were using until I started taking out the trash in my Airbnbs. It is sick. How much food people throw away, and how much plastic we throw away. And it's renewed my energy to make sure. So it sounds like you're a fan I, of the of the metal uh, water bottle. I think I am. Okay, I, so yeah, we got the metal water bottle, and then this one I really like. A friend of mine suggested this. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to her. A Ron and Don dog bandana. <laughs> I like that. Right? And then you take a picture. Yes. Yeah, we would do it. Charlie would have his own so dog bandana. So you have the ba- that's a good idea. The dog, the Ron and Don dog that's bandana. Was that Aaron? Uh, the what? The, the who gave you that idea? I'm not telling you who you okay. That's a great. So idea. the the dog bandana or the metal uh, double walled water bottle. Okay. Or I mean, I could probably do both. I just don't want to be sitting on 79 unsold <laughs> metal water bottles. Okay. Huh. You know, because I got a box of uh, t-shirts upstairs that we're going to divvy out. Me and you. Okay, we are. Okay. But, uh, All right. So think about it. which one do you, do you like reach, one better? Reach out to us on Facebook. You can find where are we on uh, Facebook? Just said Ron and Don Radio. Or the, the, our biggest audience is still you and me. Just Don, Don O'Neill, Ron Show. show. Yeah. Find us and uh, and let us know. So, this story yeah. that you brought up is crazy. The yeah. news that came out. This week. Uh, information came out this week. Uh, we're finding out the DEA now tracked every op- opioid pill in America in the U.S. between 2006 and 2012. Uh, there was a year-long lawsuit, a media lawsuit, and finally the numbers on the opioid crisis had to be given up. Get this. 76 billion pills were sold all around the United States between 06 and 2012. And, of course, we're talking about That's the... B with a billion? Yeah, billion. And they say that nearly 100,000 people passed away in that time period. Since that time, over 200,000 people. And what you can do, you can jump online. Click DEA opioid crisis, 76 billion. The article will come up, and then it will give you the state. Click on the state. And I don't know if you did this or not, Ron. I was doing this uh, late last night. Click on a place like Ohio. And you will see in Ohio, over 8 billion pills were sold in Ohio. If you click on the state of Washington, just under 2 billion pills. A place like Texas, though, which is much bigger than Ohio, they were also somewhere around 8 billion pills. Washington, D.C., only 250,000 pills. As you get into the Pacific Northwest, places like Oregon, lots of pills. What I thought was also interesting in places where you deal with a lot of pain management, where people are older, like in Florida and Arizona, lots of pills, and also where people are very, very poor, and they sell this pain yeah, medication. Yeah, West Virginia. Places like West Virginia, Mississippi. Mississippi, Louisiana, lots and lots and lots of pills. I, I was, I, And I was sharing with you earlier, I bought this little uh, uh, rental that I'm working on with a partner of mine up in the U District. And there's a church on one side, and there's a field where kids used to play baseball during the, the summertime on the other. It's right on the I-5 corridor. And anyway, I, I went to take the garbage out there, and we we take all our garbage to the dump, and we don't have garbage service because uh, no one is living at this particular house right now because we're working on it. Every time I go, the garbage is full. And finally I asked a neighbor, I said, what's going on? He said, what happens is all these gen- – and they're, they're, they're younger – these these are guys. These are young guys that are in their 20s and 30s. A lot of young Caucasian guys, right? And a lot of times when we think of 
when we think of uh, the drug crisis in America, we think of places like Detroit, right? We think of urban corridors. We don't think of places like the University of Washington and the I-5 corridor. This is where everybody's been living in these tents. And you talk to cops and people come out of those tents and they are having a crisis and they end up in I-5 or they end up committing suicide. We never hear about these when people run at I-5. And you have cops that are out there all the time chasing people off I-5. What they've finally done is they said, you know what? If you want to go live in the parks until we have this figured out, then go live in the parks. As a result of that, now a lot of groups can't rent those parks. Kids can't play baseball. You can't play soccer. You can't play football. You can't do anything in these. It's a public park because in this park right now, down the street from this church, there are over 20 tents, 20 uh, camping tents, and most of these guys, what they do is they walk down the church, they get fed twice a day, and then as they're walking back down the street, uh, I'm glad they use our garbage can. They take their garbage from what they ate at the church, and they end up throwing it in the garbage can, and then they head down to their home, these tents in parks, and these are the young faces of the opioid crisis. We see it here in Seattle, Tacoma, Fife, and Fremont. And we see it all over the nation, and now we know why, right? Well, now we know why. And the thing that's going to unfold on this, which is is very interesting, is you have the, the moral issue that you just talked about, but then you have the legal issue. And so this is going to unravel, I think, very similar to, the, to what happened with smoking in America, where there's going to be huge denials. There's billions of dollars at stake here from these big pharma. And the thing that was shocking to me is Purdue Pharma has been really demonized in this whole thing. They're only responsible for 3% of the pills so it's still a lot of pills and people died from those pills so they're not you know an angel by any means but they're definitely not responsible for 50 percent of those billions of pills that you talked about it's a relatively small amount there's some other players in this thing that are much bigger but they have a vested interest to keep this engine going it's a huge financial gain for them because it's very cheap to make these pills there's a huge profit margin because they're going through doctors and a lot of the costs being picked up by taxpayers through Medicare, Medicaid, and all these programs. So it's a, it's, it's a never-ending circle of money that not only are we paying it with our you know tax money, but then the tax money also has to pay for all the cleanup, and they get scot-free in this make hand-over-fist profits. But the legal side is going to take a long time because they're digging their heels in. They're being very resistant because who's what the, the, the big pharma. Because yeah. lawyers are trying to draw a straight line. Because it's even, basically five. Five, five big companies and local here it's unbelievable how kaiser participated right so you you're trying from a legal standpoint to draw a straight line between a death and an overprescription of a drug and so it's from a legal standpoint that's very difficult to prove because what you have to prove is intent and so you have to go back and be able to say did you read some of the emails though some of the emails right of people that were selling these damning. drugs they're like hey people are acting like they're addicted guess what because they are addicted right you keep selling we'll keep making these ha 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 i hope these emails have never get out and guess what the emails are out yeah so you have to, to prove those so it's very easy for the actual manufacturer though to go hey we're just manufacturing this thing. We're trusting that a doctor is going to be a, a good doctor. It's not up to uh, We don't write the scripts. We just manufacture the drug. And then the doctor is going to say, well, I was told by the pharmaceutical company that it's not addictive. And you can produce videos and printed materials that say, here's all these studies that were funded by Big Pharma to show that their drug is not addictive. And so this goes around in a circle. So from a legal standpoint, how do you sue? 
You know, if you sue Big Pharma, they go, we didn't write the, the script. Then you're going to sue the doctor. An individual doctor is going to say, well, hey, I, I can't afford this. And, you know, I was told that it wasn't addictive. And so that which, which they were. Meanwhile, you have yeah. a family that suffered a horrendous loss. Or you have these families that you're talking about whose son is living in a park yeah. eating uh, out of a garbage can. And so what do you do? Yeah. Um, and so legally, it's going to take some deep pockets and some committed lawyers uh, that are going to go be in this for maybe 10, 15, 20 years to finally get this done. And we all know how the story ends. There'll be some monetary fine. It will appear to the average person like a lot of money, hundreds of millions of dollars. It'll be a drop in the bucket to what they've made. But until we can clamp down on this, I- I'm just excited if you look at the other side of pain management, which is involving a lot of like psychotropic drugs. It's involving some uh, CBD derivatives. A lot of holistic stuff. And there, there's some stuff that's coming along. East, a lot of Eastern medicine. Some research to okay. where we can wean people off of these addictive drugs, manage their pain in a different way. That, that's where the yeah. real uh, frontier should real be Real research. Uh, and, and we all have to be careful of this. We all have to be careful. Because you, you hear someone say, hey, I had a ski accident. Or I went to the dentist. And the next thing you know. The real research says it takes just 10 days. Line up five people. And Give them opioids. And give them opioids. Buy the prescription. Buy the prescription from the doctor over a 10-day period. And one in five of those folks will have an auto-control addiction to that opioid. And the other thing is, we have to think about burn victims and other things, where people do need pain management. And they may need drugs for for a time like this. Yeah, there's a legitimate reason to yeah. use them. Just not 7 billion of them. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting. How or is 72 billion? How is Walgreens cuz now you have the distributors, right? How is Walgreens? How is CES? CVS. CVS. How and CES. Yeah, how all is, the C's. How is Kaiser? Uh, cuz they we looked at some of the numbers here in the Pacific Northwest and it's pretty astounding how involved they are. Uh, I wonder what their public face is going to be on something like this, or if they're going to say it's a legal matter and we have nothing, we have nothing to say. It's the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Don't forget, you can find everything Ron and Don at ronanddon.com, and don't forget to show us your Nation T-shirt. Ronanddon.com, buy that Nation T-shirt. Take a picture of it anywhere in the world. We're going to put it up online, and also, also, money, five dollars every T-shirt goes towards Charlie's Dinosaur, helping cops help kids as they get ready to go back to school. It's Ron and Don. Why wouldn't it be? My dad is back. Like it or not, you're listening to the Ron and Don Show. You can find the guys at ronanddon.com. Ron and Don Show brought to you by ronanddon.com. Don't forget we are licensed uh, realtors. So if you want to ride around with Ron Upshaw one afternoon and just go look at houses, wouldn't that be a blast? I think it would be. Uh, Ron Upshaw at windermere.com and let him drive. Uh, do you get people a cup of coffee, or how do you? What, or is coffee allowed in the car when you're when you're driving people around? Look at look at look at home. I had to drive, or I got to drive some people around. I ended up buying a house. I did my uh, first sale. We, uh, uh, Elizabeth, congratulations, bought a house. I had to borrow a friend's car because there was three people. Because I have a truck. <laughs> and I like my truck. I don't want to get rid of the truck. It's a cool right. truck. Great truck. But uh, basically, I can bring one person with me in the truck, uh, unless you're really, really tiny and you can fit in those half seats in the back. And so uh, I am trying to make sure that uh, right. I do the truck. The 
Charlie just do that? Yeah. He, you know, he doesn't chew anything until he comes over here. And then he chews on your table. And then he chews on your cables. Oh, and what was that? That was your Starbucks sleeve. Oh. So if, if he's oh. going to chew up anything, I just don't want to. If he chews on the cables, we're in trouble. And plus, he'll get electrocuted if he chews on a power that cable. That would be a problem. Yeah. Okay. So, Charlie, uh, do not get electrocuted. Yeah. And don't get us in trouble. There is a really interesting dynamic happening right now in, in the world of food. Uh, and I'm not going to ask you that. Sit. Okay. Do you have a treat? I, how about a piece of cardboard? Okay. Seems like why, why would I have dog treats? I don't <laughs> we, have any dogs right now. Now he's looking at me. He's going, okay, dude. I sat. You, you said the T Where word. Where's the treat? Do you want to run upstairs and do see you have if one? you. Uh, I don't know what I've got. Uh, no, I oh, don't. You don't. Okay. I don't think I do. Okay. I don't. I, you know what? We'll buy a bag, bring them down here, and we'll I have got, them. I have some out in my truck. Why don't you go get one? I'll What's hit that? pause. Okay. Go get one. Yeah. Go get uh, your thing, and we'll keep All on right. rolling. All right. Three, two, one. We're back. I had to run out to the truck, get Charlie a treat. That's and, a good-looking treat, by the way. And now he's uh, chewing on his bull you-know-what. Correct. Well, my son figured out what a bull Right. Thing is, this dog treats had a whole new meaning. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of bull parts, uh, actually, it's sort of related to this next story. So, the uh, fastest growing category in foods by like 400%, or actually 550%, yeah. is quote unquote plant based foods. Yeah. And so, the U.S. retail stores have looked at this and it's grown 11%. Normal food categories are growing about 2%. And so, everybody's trying to get in this game. And here's the thing that they're struggling with. Uh, part of what fueled this is is Beyond Meat Incorporated went public at an IPO, and it went absolutely bonkers. People love buying into that. In the same way they, they like buying Tesla, almost regardless of what the metrics are, oh. they just want to be a part of Tesla. A lot of people want to be a part of Beyond Meat. Even, like, they don't understand the fundamentals. They're not sophisticated investors. They're like, I want that stock! Just because they believe in what they're doing. And so uh, the rest what, of... What, what are they doing? Beyond Meat is, is making, they're doing the Beyond Burger, right? Uh, which I actually like the Impossible Burger better, um, and the Impossible uh, Meats guy, or the Impossible Foods, is, is very interesting dude. I think he's a Stanford PhD, like Nobel laureate, like he's a very smart guy, and he's reverse engineering the uh, meat products at the fundamental level of like how many amino acids, how much protein, how much water, how much, and, he, and uh, they've just come out with their first fish uh, yeah. product. And it's just, you should, it's just not better for you. But the possibilities of it being better for the planet, right? right. Yeah. And so uh, this is the interesting thing that though the the conundrum that's coming up, nobody has really defined what plant based means. And you, for instance, Tyson Foods has now uh, come in and they have a uh, a plant based nugget, but it has egg whites in it. And then uh, Purdue Farms has a veggie chicken nugget that they're saying is plant based. And like, wait a minute, there's chicken in it. Yeah. And so you have people that are trying to get away from the word vegan because it's been so stigmatized, and people think that it means. Vegan for most people when they just poll in the community is like, well, that means you're not doing those. It's a list of things you can't eat. And they say plant-based sounds more like things that you can eat. And so it's a more positive spin uh, on it. Okay. So there's a group that says like that. if you're plant-based, like they want the FDA or the USD to, to, to step in in the same way that they've said you can't have almond milk. 
because you can't milk an almond. Uh, so it needs to be an almond dairy product or an almond-based beverage. Well, that's because Big Milk stuff. Because Big Milk stepped in. Big Milk stepped in. And so that's plant- why I have so much cheese because they're like, no one's drinking milk anymore. Right. Those what categories are, are shrinking. Yeah, which they is, are. Which is crazy. They are. And so you, what they're trying to figure out is, so like National Institute of Health, they say plant-based excludes all animal products. So if you, but on a label, what we're talking about is when you go into the grocery store, if you see something, if we need to have a, an agreement on what it means because right now you can go and you can say something that says all natural or and it like it doesn't mean anything anymore uh, but there are certain words that actually mean something on a label so the institute of health says plant-based means no animal products at all but the harvard health publishing means they've come out and said if you say you're eating a plant-based diet that doesn't mean that you never have meat or dairy you can just be plant-based but they're talking about your whole diet not one specific food product so uh, but they're saying this is growing fast People are going to start to jump on this train, and we're going to see a lot more of it in the stores. What do you think this should mean? Well, like, me, if I'm going into the grocery well, store, well, let me let me ask you this first. What do you what? Why do you, Ron? Why do you think there's this trend? Uh, no matter how we define it, why? Because we there's there's such an obesity crisis, and in fact, you and I were looking at a story before we jumped on today that more and more people out there are wanting to be dorn- uh, organ donors. But they'll go, for instance, to pull someone's liver out after a car accident and donate it to someone, and the liver is so fatty. They're like, we can't, we can't, we cannot, heart we cannot transplant because... So, so I, 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 and I read the same article, I, I'm hearing plant-based. I think people like the idea of plant-based. Just like at McDonald's, everybody liked the idea of shaker salads. But M- McDonald's lost their hand. When they tried to sell all these salads and wraps. And finally, they saw, they hired a CEO, and she came out and said, you know what? We sell burgers, and we sell fries, and we sell shakes. And what we're going to do is we're going to sell a better burger, and maybe there's going to be a plant-based burger, an impossible burger, whatever it is. But we're burgers, we're fries, we're shakes. That's what we do. So what people say they want, and then what they really do when you look at this organ crisis that we're having in America do you think people are beginning to lean more plant-based or do we just like the idea, as you said, of being plant-based? Well, I can't speak for everybody else, but the, the evolution that's happening for me is that I'm finally paying attention. And, and let me rewind on what I mean by this. I, I grew up in a household where you ate what you were served. Uh, you know, we were, you know, probably middle class. Uh, both parents worked. So when you got home, what, what they made for dinner, they put it on your plate and you cleaned your plate. Like that was, we're sort of Midwest roots and you, you were a clean your plate household. So the, and I never, I never would put together how I felt after with what I ate. Like that was just something that was not hmm. I, something I did. So you ate till your plate was clean. And then if the next day you felt like, bleh. I it never dawned on me. It's like, oh, I ate too much food last meal, and so that's why I feel bad the next day, or what? It just never occurred to me. And so I heard. It was actually I heard a funny bit from Louis C.K. a long time ago. I know that he's banned in a lot of people's minds. I get it, but this one bit, he's like, oh, and, and I'm butchering it, but he's like, oh, people people stop eating when they're full. It's like, what, what does that even mean? Like, and, and so I, I yeah. affiliated with that because that's how we were. And so it wasn't until recently where I started sort of paying attention. It's like, well, what happens when I actually pay attention to my body? It's like, oh, I ate all this stuff. I felt like garbage the next day. That makes sense. I could start 
interpreting that as like, okay, let me start to experiment with this. What happens if I eat smaller portions? Oh, I kind of felt better the next day, or I had more. My energy didn't. Did you dip feel all over that, the place. Did, you, did you feel better? I did. You did feel better. Okay. And so it's like, oh, what happens when I start eating more plants? It's like, oh, my body feels better. Like my digestion is better. Um, like all of these ancillary benefits. You, you poop, man. <laughs> I know. You poop. Well, on, you are on a clock, right? When you're eating plants, yes. Oh wow, and it's it's better. Oh, than it is like it's different. Yeah. So we don't need to go into poop. It's talk. like when you change your dog's dog food, and you're like, oh, right. Wow. That's a that's a, that that's a sample I, to take I, to the vet right there. I never put these things together. Uh, it just it was a blind spot in my life, and so it's finally like, oh, okay. When I when I uh, uh, took all of the dairy out, this is an experiment. I was like, I'm going to take all the dairy out, all the weed out, and just see how I feel. Then my doctor uh, recommended this a couple years ago. It's like, just try it. Mm. Go for like a month. Don't eat any dairy. Don't eat any any wheat, and just see what it feels like. So I did that for a month, and it's like, okay, let's start adding some stuff back in. Eat some gogurt. So just start with one thing Cause go and, and, then, and then see how you feel. Yeah. And so you start to add, it's like, oh, like this is what happens. My, this is the way my body responds to dairy because I'd never done it my whole life. Mm. And so I think that that's people that are more evolved than me that actually pay attention to how their body feels in relation to what they've eaten or drank is, is probably leaning towards this. I think there's environmental overlays. I think there's like Generation Z and, and, and millennials that just have a different viewpoint on on this stuff and like the responsibility. There's a lot of uh, factors going into it, but the big food is finally paying attention. And yeah. I, I think it's a good thing. Because yeah. what about you? Like you've, you reduced meat drastically. Did you see a big difference? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. And, and thanks for asking that. I was with... Uh... And I'm not a vegan, by the way. Okay. <laughs> People, someone has asked me to be a vegan. I was like, I'm not a... I still... Yeah. We'll have a piece of meat every now and then. Fred Nordstrom left behind this incredible guild, and it's mostly of women, and they raise a lot of money. Who's it? Fred Nordstrom, is that you said? Fran. Oh, Fran Nordstrom. Fran Nordstrom. Uh, And she raised a lot of money for Seattle Children's, and her guild still continues. And her guild was kind enough to reach out to me and say, hey, we have this auction coming up. And we would like you to come and and help us. And, and would you would you host this auction? And I said I'd love to come. And they said, you know, before we have the auction, why don't we all go to Children's together? And we are going to go to the section of the hospital where they deal with kids anywhere between the ages of three and seventeen. I'm going to be really careful what I share here uh, and and what I saw here. But we went on a tour, and we met a gentleman there by the name of. His name was David, and I hope we have David on here uh, in the next uh, month or so. And, and just a side note, David was probably one of the most authentic people I have ever met in my life. And I walked away feeling so unauthentic. And I was, he, he worked at Nord, he wor- I'm sorry, he worked at uh, a big tech company for 10 years. He had two daughters. He began to wonder how he could be a better father with his daughters. He got exposed to what was happening at Children's Hospital. He fell in love with it so much, he went back to school, completely left the tech industry, and became a nurse, repositioned himself, came back to Children's, and now he helps run this special unit. And you know what this special unit deals with? It deals with a lot of different crises that kids go through at Children's. And I didn't know this. Children's Hospital, biggest children's hospital in America, they deal they take take the size of Tacoma, multiply that by three, the population of Tacoma, that's how many kids. Children's Hospital over on Sandpoint, over by University of Washington, that's how many kids they see each 
in every year. Anyway, this special unit that I didn't even know existed, they talk about a lot of different things and crises that kids go through, but I learned so much about eating disorders, and I have people in my life that have expressed before, grown people, younger people, that they have eating disorders, and I've never understood them. And you've talked before about your relationship with food, and I've never totally got it or understood it until I sat with David, and he talked about what these kids go through when they are facing eating disorders, what triggers those disorders, and some of the crises that these kids go through. And it makes you look at food differently and it makes you look at what you're putting in your body differently and it's one thing if you're an alcoholic and you decide you know what i'm not going to drink anymore but we as humans you have to consume food in order to exist for the rest of your life back to plant-based now when i went plant-based in my life almost two years ago uh i did it because i was in crisis i was having a really hard time being an authentic person like david being present we sat in this room with him probably eight of us We weren't on our phones, and everybody was nodding their head and talking, and we were talking about how we wanted to help uh, 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 kids and the children of Nordstrom. It was one of the most amazing experiences I ever had when you're willing to sit down, put your phones away, talk, and connect. And so I, I, I walked away, and I was really challenged from that. I'm like, how can I be a more authentic person? And then also, when it comes to diet, what I want to do a better job of doing is sharing my journey Because when I stopped drinking and I went plant-based, I eat meat once in a while. But when I eat meat, it's a great cut and it's more of a celebration. But I've really been focused on my diet now for almost, it's it's been over 500 days. Life-changing. Absolutely life-changing. And some of the people that saw me from the Guild hadn't seen me in a number of years. And they're like, oh my gosh, what happened to you? And I stopped drinking. I went plant-based. And I've worked really hard just to be more present with people, with being plant-based. I used to carry around all this inflammation in my body. I don't have inflammation. No, when you weren't plant-based. Or right? when I wasn't plant-based. Right. So much of my back hurt all the time, all the time. And I tried all kinds of pain relievers and pain medications and Advil and everything else. And you know what changed it is when I went plant. I couldn't sleep. I could not sleep. Sometimes I could only sleep two or three hours a night. When I went plant-based and I stopped drinking alcohol and I started really cutting out sugar and paying attention to all of that, uh, I can sleep through the night once again. And as you get older, I mean, and you know this, sleeping through the night is a golden ticket to living into your 80s, 90s, and if you ever want to be 100 years of age and you want to stick around. If you don't get your sleep, you're not going to have, you're just not going to have a great life. Your skin color, your skin color and your skin condition completely changes. I've had people look at my eyes and they're like, oh my God, and I'm 52 now. They're like, your eyes are blue. You couldn't see the blue in my eyes for so long. Being plant-based, paying attention to sugar, cutting out alcohol, did all of that. And so I just want to share that with people out there. And it doesn't mean you have to sit down and just eat a carrot and eat some broccoli and plow through some salad and you're stuck and you can't have a great piece of chicken once in a while. Well, try, try an Impossible Burger. Like, go to their Tom Douglas restaurants, uh, have them. Oh, they do? Okay. It's like 15 bucks. Order Impossible Burger and tell me if it's not among one of the best burgers My you've problem had. is I never actually taste the Impossible Burger or the hamburger or anything else because I love condiments so much. 
I put so much condiments. Put some ketchup on there. So much relish. It's great. So much of it. Sriracha, all that. I put it on the... So I Try one. Not tasting it anyway. So Tom Douglas has one of those. Tom, they're all over the place. But the one I had at Tom Douglas was particularly good. That it, sounds good. Yeah. Hey, uh, we got to get out of here. Ron, if people want to reach out to you, don't forget, life's biggest transaction. We would love to be a part of that. And if you'd like to spend an afternoon with Ron Upshaw driving around... Looking at real estate, talking real estate, or getting some marriage counseling, uh, how can they reach, how can they reach Just out? Just email me Ron at windermere.com. It's super easy. And uh, even if you want a property review, I'll do that if you're gonna say, Hey, I'm thinking six months from now. I just want to know what's going on or I can put you on neighborhood news. I have all sorts of resources I can throw you away. Let's build a relationship that's more than just a transaction. Like that's what I want my life to be about is actually connecting with people and helping them. Yeah. All the first responders out there, if you're a cop, if you're uh, a United States soldier. Uh, You can't have all the first responders. What's that? I want a couple first responders too. Firefight. No, I just like to announce this. Every transaction I do it now until the end of the year, uh, I'm going to give $500 of that transaction. I'm going to give it to Charlie's Dinosaur, which is helping cops help kids. Awesome. So I'd like to announce that right now. And if you're an investor, you're looking for investor property, you're a first-time buyer, uh, if you've been trying to figure out how to long-term rent or short-term rent, uh, even Airbnb, and you're trying to unlock the secrets of how all that works, I know how that works because I've done that for quite some time, and I can share that with you. All right? You can reach out to me, Don O'Neill with two L's at Windermere.com. That's Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. Everything Ron and Don at RonandDon.com. All right? The radio show and our real estate business. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thanks for listening to us. And a lot of people still stop us every once in a while. They say, hey, what happened at the radio station? That's episode one. And a lot of people also, they want to know, hey, Ron, what happened with your birth mom? You just finished telling the story, I think, in episode three. Episode right? three. I'd love it if you listen to what it. What episode is this? I think this is eight. Is it? I think so. All right. Get the Ron and Don Nation newsletter. Uh, and don't forget to hit subscribe or you can check us out on YouTube, right? The Ron and Don Show. Why wouldn't we be on the Ron and Don Radio Network? Uh, Charlie? Charlie? Stop chewing on Ron's fucking guitar. Ron and Don. <laughs> okay. You good? Yeah. Okay, let's keep going.